Welcome to the Intentional Encourager podcast, where each episode brings you compelling conversations and stories designed to entertain, enlighten, and encourage. And now here's your host, Brian Sexton. And welcome into the Intentional Encourager podcast. I'm your host, Brian Sexton. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have someone that I want to introduce you to that is absolutely one of the most fabulous people that I know. She is a dynamic leader, a speaker, a singer. My goodness, you, you ought to hear this lady sing. Maybe she'll belt one out for us in the middle of this podcast. You just never know on the Intentional Encourager podcast. But one of the dearest, sweetest people that I know, and she's got a book coming out. She's going to tell us about it. Her name is Shaman Hudson, and Shaman joins me on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Shaman, how are you? I am so excited to get you. All the people I could have had on this podcast, I am thrilled most that you're on it. How are you? I am absolutely amazing, Brian. I cannot complain. Uh, life is good even during the times of the pandemic, and so we just take it a day at a time. So uh, thank you so much for having me this evening, um, and thank you so much for the introduction. I do my best to, to live up to those things. Well, you know I got to have my tea close by. You've been around me in, in situations where this thing doesn't leave me by side, and uh, you know it, it's it's right here next to me again. Well, I understand because I am on a I'm on a quest to drink a gallon of water a day, so I'm on number four of these today. So this is on my side as well. <laughs> See, I, I can't keep up with you. I just I just can't keep up. In full disclosure, Shaman and I used to work together. Shaman was my my team lead for a time at a, at a company that we worked with, and. I saw her lead dynamically. So that's where I want to start with you, Shimon, is in this time of uncertainty with, with COVID-19 and where we are with, with the pandemic and things like that, when you think about leaders that you've been around and you think about leading people, what comes immediately to mind about leading people right now in a pandemic? What's the number one thing that, that in your mind that leaders need to do well right now in this pandemic time? I think um, not just in the pandemic time, but even more so now, just really um, respect and understand your uh, associates as humans, right? So we are all, we all have a job to do, we're all hired to do a job. But before that, I'm a person and my associates are people too. And I, I like to be able to understand and have that connection with them where they feel comfortable being able to uh, bring anything to me and be able to talk to me about those things. Uh, and I'd be able to encourage them to keep going or keep pushing if there are things that they are kind of at a crossroads about. Um, and then just kind of staying connected. That can be difficult um, during these times where we're all working virtually. Um, I've led a virtual team for a number of years. And so just connecting outside of the regularly scheduled meetings, it's those one-off phone calls. Hey, how's it going today? Um, any questions you have for me? I was just thinking about you. Or um, for some people, you know, we have our regular call and we, we might walk. I know a team member who's uh, interested in, in losing weight. And so my way to encourage that person is when we have our call, we walk. She walks her neighborhood. I walk my neighborhood. And we're, we're, you know, taking care of two things at one time. So really just getting to know people, understand what their needs are, and being able to, to push and motivate them towards that. Well, you've always been a kind, you've always been that way. You, you, you value connection. You have always been someone since I've known you that, that you really want to stay connected mm -hmm. to people. 
when you think about connecting virtually and you think about, okay, this is what we're going to do. What's the one thing that comes, what's the one question you always want to ask somebody when you're connecting virtually with them? My, my first question is, how are you really doing? We get the question a lot, you know, how are you doing? And we are tempted to say, I'm doing good or I'm great. No, I want to know, I don't want the textbook answer. I want to know how you're really doing. How are you feeling? Um, what's on your mind? Um, not just, um, I'm good because, you know, I'm good because uh, I have a job. Yeah, that's great. But mentally, emotionally, physically, how are you truly doing? And when you can get to that depth of a connection with someone, um, then I think that you can soar to higher heights. That, that area of uncertainty or that area of, um, I don't know if she's going to think differently of me if I say these things. Yeah. Those things for me are out the door. I don't, I'm not a judgmental person to say, oh, if they tell me this, I'm going to think any differently. No, if you tell me this, I'm going to try to work with you to figure out how to get you over that. But you're also, what I, what I respect about you more than anything is that you're not afraid to tell people the truth. You're, you're not afraid to tell somebody, hey, this is what I see and this is why I see it. And I want to bring this to your attention because, because I think so many times, Shimon, we're afraid to be truthful. Mm -hmm. We're afraid to be truthful with people and just really say, look, um, you're, you're not performing well. Um, you're falling short in this area. It's not to tear them down. But you've always been a person that has been able to, to say what you mean and mean what you say to try to make people better. Was that something you had to learn to develop or is that something you've always been able to do with people? Oh, no, that was definitely a learned skill. I will say that I learned a lot um, through um, just working every day, but through uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, and it's mentioned in the book a little bit about how I went through some things in my life where I did not speak up. I was um, kind of shy, um, kind of reserved. And You were shy. I, I've been around you when you have sang karaoke. <laughs> you shy? Come I, on. I, yes, I went through that, you know, that stage of life and um, where I didn't say things for the sake of, of an argument, right? So... Mm -hmm. Even though I may have thought them, felt them, I would hold them in because I'm not an argumentative person. Um, and I had it was a skill that I had to learn uh, how to provide tangible feedback. Um, if I tell you something, I want to tell you why I'm telling you and what did I see that's, that's um, allowing me to share this with you. But also, now that I've shown it or mentioned it to you, now I want to see you implement it, right? So I want to tell you, I want to tell you what I saw. And then on the other side, I want to see you implement it next. And so that once you implement it, if there is some fine tuning that we can do, then let's continue to do that until you are at the point where you're happy with it. Because um, that's what's most important, right? Is that you're happy with it uh, and that you're able to take those things and continue to excel with that. I remember one night, I thought I was a pretty good singer. I, I've, I've always been able, I thought I was pretty good. And, and, and then I had to follow this lady 
singing. <laughs> and I was like, I hit Shimon, nothing really intimidates me. That intimidated me. I was like, I got to follow Shimon singing. I thought I was pretty good. <laughs> he, she blows it out of the water. And, and, uh, but that's just a part of your unique personality. I want to ask you this. What do you look for in leaders? Because most good leaders, most great leaders like yourself, you're not a good leader. You're a great leader. Most great leaders have something that inspires them, encourages them, motivates them. What do you look for in great leadership? I will say that in my lifetime, I've had a handful of great leaders. And there are two from a previous organization that really shaped me into the leader that I am today. Uh, what I what I look for is one who is, one, not afraid to give, be able to give that feedback, right? Because that's very important and being able to provide tangible feedback. Someone who values uh, a, a relationship and a connection with those that they uh, work alongside, but also those who report to them. And uh, one of the biggest things is that this person sees themselves as a part of the team and not above the team. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the biggest things for me. Um, and if, if, if there was a time that I need to jump in and do the work, then I'm going to jump in and do the work. You know, I'm not just a leader of the team. I'm actually a part of that team and their success is my success and my success is their success. And that's the, for me, that's important in a leader. You know, something, the first time, the first time that, that my wife met you and you met my wife, I, we come, I come home that night. And, and she looked at me and she said, you better stay there. You better not go anywhere. Because the, the way you made her feel in that first time that you met her, my wife is not a person that is real, you know, you, you got to impress her a little bit. You know, that she's not easily impressed by things. You did that for her because you just were yourself. You were real and you were genuine. You gave her a hug and she was like, oh, yeah, I, I love that. that I still, I, I can still see that. I've not seen my wife smile like that in a good while. And you made her smile like that, Shimon. That, you She's know, a beautiful lady, Brian. She's I know. How in the world she ended up, how in the world she ended up with this? There is a God in heaven. I'm telling you folks, yeah, she's, there is she's a, a God. In, you know, there's a God a in heaven. Yeah. yeah. Just, but, you know, I like to, when I meet people, you know, I'm giving you my genuine self every single time. And, uh, I, I, don't want anyone to ever have to guess I, I because I, I pride myself on being the same person and every time you see me every time you talk to me through every interaction so you don't ever have to guess you know what I'm thinking how I'm feeling um, there's never a time that I'm, go I'm going to play favorites because I don't believe in that I believe everybody have to, yeah. has the potential to be great so there's not a favorite um, and so the way to do that is really just being your genuine self I want you, if you if you don't mind, to take us through your story because I know parts of your story that you and I have shared personally. Your story is very powerful. You you have you've overcome adversity. You have walked through some places. And again, one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on was to tell that story because again, I think people are walking through places in this pandemic they've never walked through before. They're dealing with things. Some people have never lost a job and they've lost their jobs. Yeah. Some people have have lost loved ones and they've never lost a loved one. You've you have had those times of adversity. 
So Shimon, the floor is yours. Take us as far back as you want to. Even if you say, hey, this is in the book, you're going to have to read about it. That's fine. You know, <laughs> that's what, I want you to sell as many books as you can sell, you know. Yeah, and, well, thank you so much. And, and, and send one to me and I'll put it on the bookshelf back here, you know. Um, yeah, I buy. No, I'm gonna buy one. I want you. I want to buy one. I'm gonna buy one. Just as long as you'll sign it. Just I, you know. You can count know, on it. You know, you to Brian, uh, whatever. You know, Shema. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got you. But I got take, you covered. Take us through your story, um, as far back as you want to go. Sure. So I will share that the title of this book is called Evolve: From Heartbreaks to Hearts Healed. And this is an anthology of um, what we call the First Wives Club. It's a, a group of ladies who uh, meet on a regular basis, and we talk about uh, how to be a great wife, right? And so uh, many of us went through some things in order to get to the place where we consider ourselves to be um, uh, not only a good wife, but, you know, hopefully a great wife. And uh, there are, um, along with eight other beautiful, amazing women who have come through a lot of different things. Um, so in this book, you'll find lady women who have gone through heartbreak of, of, of variety. Um, we talk about infertility, women who really wanted children and yeah. had struggled through infertility. Um, a couple who went, who dealt with some um, police brutality. Um, she's a black woman. He's a Hispanic man, couple. Mm -hmm. And he went through some police brutality. Um, we talk about a, a couple who went through military uh, challenges. They were both in the military and how they struggled through their marriage with that. You know, some talk about infidelity. And so there are a variety of different stories, domestic violence. Um, I will say the title of my chapter, and it's chapter number seven, is called They Saved Me. And what that for me means is that my relationship with God, my love for my children, saved me from myself. Um, I won't go into to in-depth detail because I definitely want everyone to purchase. You got to buy the book. You got, you, you, uh, you right, can't, right, yeah, right. you got it. If you want the steak, you can't just go, you got to get some sizzle to get the steak. That's but, right. That's right. And I know you like a good steak. You're like me. You love a good steak. So. I love a good steak. I, I definitely do. Um, but yeah, so it's, you know, it, my story is really about, uh, and I'll give you just a, a snippet. Uh, I, I was married before. I am the mom of uh, three uh, amazing young men that I pretty much raised by myself um, until I met my now husband. And now we have five amazing young men between us. Um, and so it, it just talks about during that time when I was in my first marriage where I felt alone, uh, where it was just me and my children. And it talks about my attempted suicide. So I am grateful that I am still here today to be able to share um, this story with everyone for those who purchased the book and yeah. to be able to encourage someone else who may be going through that, um, that there is um, light on the other side, that there is elevation on the other side, there is growth on the, on the other side, um, and, and you can definitely make it through. And you know, just that one, one part when I was ready to take that breath, I, uh, because I was in the tub and I heard God say, you know me better than this. And that moment was a changing moment for me. Um, you know, yeah, you know, Shimon, that's the thing is, is that I'm, as I'm finishing my book, my, my book's about my dad. I lost my dad suddenly. And, and you and I have talked about that. Yes. You wonder at times if you have the emotional 
I don't want to say strength. It's more the emotional acumen mm-hmm. to be able to write it. And, 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 and then you kind of question. And I know for me, I kind of question, okay, am I really going to be able to tell this story? Did you ever think to yourself when you were doing this and you were writing your chapter, I don't know that I can tell this story because it's it's painful, it's raw, it's emotional. Did you go through those times? I did. I um, I had times where I literally cried through a couple of paragraphs, um, but it was healing for me to finally be able to put it on paper. Um, only a handful of people know that I went through that, and I'm sure there'll be many that are surprised once they read the book. Um, and there were times where I literally had mental block that I that I know that certain situations, I, certain parts of the story, I literally blocked out of my mind to, to, to protect my heart. And so there were times where I, I had, I struggled a little bit to remember all of the details. And there were times where I cried through. Yeah. yeah. You know, there are going to be people when my book comes out that are going to say, I can't believe you were lucid enough to even put words together in a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My that, title of my I, book was going to be How to Survive Being Brain Dead for 48 Years. <laughs> but I love the, 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 they saved me because you, you think about your family and people, you know, people during this time are with their families now more. I was having a conversation today with somebody and I said, it's a wonder my wife hasn't killed me yet because, you know, you're just, you're, we're together all the time, all, the time. all yes. the time. But for you, your children were literally, they pulled you out of that place. Do they realize, do your boys now realize the impact that they made on you and how they, they pulled you out of it? Or are they going to, when they read this, they're going to say, mom, we had no idea. What, what when, we did. when they read it, they're going to say, mom, we had no idea. Yep. I have not, I've shared some details with them, but not to the depth that's in the book. Do you feel like, and I want to go here for just a second, Shaman, because people would say, okay, you have a walk with God. You have a relationship with the Lord. You you sing, and and you and I both been involved in music ministries in our churches Mm -hmm. and things like that. People see what they see on Sunday. Oh, yeah. But they don't, but they, they have no idea what happens Monday through Saturday. Almost definitely. And, and so what I would well, say sometimes is. Sometimes Sunday after service, they don't know what goes on then. All they see is you ministering and God working through you. Yep. Um, but you don't know for some people the struggle it took for them to get there. So the blessing is that they were, they, they had enough strength to get there. So here's my question. Were you surprised at yourself that you allowed yourself to get to that point? And was there ever a time that you were disappointed that you thought, okay, God, how did I let myself get here to the point where the Lord had to speak to you? And and the reason I'm asking you this question is, is that even spiritual people go through times where they question, should I really be here at all? I mean, I, I think if we're all honest with ourselves, we have all, we have all come to that road where we've said the world would be a better place if I wasn't here. 
and I'm just oh, yeah. being very transparent, very honest with you. Were you disappointed in yourself that that thought came to your mind of, of checking out? Oh, yes. I, I was disappointed in myself. I was disappointed. I, I felt like I uh, let God down. And, I, and, and um, even with uh, the, di the divorce in my first marriage, um, it was hard for me to move forward with that because I take marriage and vows very seriously. And the fact that it, I, I wasn't able to make it work, I felt not only did I let myself down, but I also felt that I let God down. Um, and that was a hard place to be. It took a while for me to um, reconcile with myself that I, I did not disappoint God in the decision that I made because um, my, my actions in the, in the entire situation was not what pushed us here. Yeah. Yeah. I want to I want to stay here for just a minute because my in my mind, I'm thinking that you're in that moment. You talk about being in the tub, and you hear the voice of the Lord saying, "You're really gonna, you're really gonna do this. You're really gonna to go like this." Was there ever a thought of pushing that still small voice aside and going, "Oh, well, Lord, you know, if you hadn't, if 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 you had done this, if you had." Mm -hmm. Because some people want to blame the Lord. And this is where I'm going here with this. Um, you know, they, you know, it's the it's the Mary and Martha attitude. Well, Lord, if you had just shown up four days ago, our brother would still be here. Mm. If you had only if you had only shown up two weeks ago, I wouldn't be thinking like this. So, you know, where where you at? You're telling me now when right. when when I have got to literally my breaking point. Now you show up. What were you? What when you heard when you heard the voice of the Lord? And for some people, that's hard to imagine. They're like, "Well, yeah, God's way up there, and He sits on this big throne." And and but for those that know the Scripture, God does speak to men and women. God does. Mm -hmm. Was there ever a thought? What What was that moment like for you when you heard the voice of the Lord speaking to you? Did it immediately get your attention or were you to the point where you said, hey, man, where you been? Where you been, God? It immediately got my attention. Uh, but I can't say that after the fact, I didn't I didn't ask. Where have you been? Right. Um, and I hope I asked that question correctly, because I can only imagine if I were in that position because I've been in places I think, okay, God, you know, you want to speak to my heart now, but where were you a week ago when right. I was crying out to you and begging you to take this situation from me? Where were you then? And, and that Shaman, that's why I asked that question that way, because I think so many people, and I didn't mean to, to cut you off. I just wanted to clarify yeah. there that there are people walking in situations that, that are asking questions like that every day whether they're believers or not, going, well, if there's a God, why doesn't he show up for me? Well, if there's a God, how come we're in the midst of this pandemic? When you think about that moment in your life, was there a question that came to your mind when the Lord said, really, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do this? What was your immediate response? Did you repent or were you saying, okay, God, you're talking to me now, but where you been? 
I, I, I immediately sat up and said, you know, you know, God forgive me. Mm. I really need you. Um, because my children were, they were very small. Um, literally my youngest son, um, was only maybe eight or nine months old mm. at the time. So it was, okay, God, I hear you. I'm, 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 I, you caught my attention. I'm up. I'm, I'm, I, but I need your, I'm going to need your help. Like, I can't do this on my own. Was and, there ever, I'm sorry, Shimon. I didn't, I did not mean to forgive me for interrupting you. Good grief. Like I'm trying to speak here, Brian, and you just interrupting me. I want to, I hear what you're saying there and it's powerful. And I think you would have some people that say, well, maybe Shimon, you were just, your, your youngest was just born eight or nine months ago. You maybe had some postpartum depression that was hanging on. You know, people want to try to justify what you were feeling. But here's where I wanted to, to ask you this and pull a little more conversation out of that in that moment. When where did you go to when you said, okay, God, I can't do this by yourself. Where did you go to immediately to get the help to start getting you on the road to getting healed and getting better? For me, I, I was always involved, you know, in church. I, you know, continued to stay in church, but I started um, learning how to, what I like to say, protect my peace and removing people and things out of my life that would create more turmoil or uh, not create an, a space of peace for me. And as I began to kind of chisel away at that and, and, and do those things, I began to, I began to, to see and think clear, you know, more clear and was able to then really, at that time, really begin to hear, you know, the voice of God. Um, and it was interesting because even through that time, like I said, I, I, I was still married at the time. Um, and every day I would ask, well, God, if there's something I need to know, I, I, I need you to show me. Mm -hmm. I need you to tell me. And every morning, like clockwork, which was so surreal that he would drop a scripture in my head boom, like clockwork. And I would go to my Bible and I would read it. And slowly he began to reveal things that I needed to know in order to help me make a decision that would impact the lives of me and my children for the rest of our lives. Wow. Wow. Because again, I, I, I you don't understand until you've been in that place and you, mm -hmm. you have walked that road what it's like to walk that road. I was telling somebody, I, I was, I was telling somebody a couple of weeks ago, I said, look, I said, you ever go barefooted around your house? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you do that? Well, I know the terrain. I know it's comfortable. I said, okay, you're going to take a walk outside. If all of the surrounding areas outside your house was broken glass, well, heavens no, but in life, sometimes that's what we face is like, oh my word, everything around me is broken glass. It's going to mm -hmm. cut. It's going to hurt. It's going to yeah. sting. 
when when people read your chapter what's the main thing what's the main anthem that you want them to leave knowing when they read your chapter in your book in the book i want people to know and understand that we all go through things in life and that we have the potential to work through those things and for me, the key word through, uh, in all of that is the word through. Through means that I started on this side, but I ended on this side. And what's in the middle didn't break. And so that's what I really want people to know and to see is that, yes, we go through things in life, but you have the potential to take that, be able to grow and, and move and, and create a, the best life for yourself in a space of happiness. Uh, in a space of peace, um, in a space where you can be, you know, lender, not borrow, you know, in, in a space where you can be, you know, the motivator, the encourager, mm -hmm. um, the, the space where, you know, people really want to be in your presence because of the aura that you present. Um, that is the potential for anyone, um, for any single mom that may be going through some things, you can do it. Um, you can make it. Um, the, the journey may not be easy. And most times it definitely won't be pretty. But just know that, you know, once you, if you give your all to your children, uh, give your all to yourself, um, that you can accomplish, you know, all the things that you have set for yourself and you can be who God has created you to be. When you were going through that time, and, and I've got to stay here, I can't, I can't leave it because I, I want I've got to stay here for just a second. You sing. I mean, I'm telling you folks, this lady can, as we say, she can sing. She can sing. I mean, I've, I'm telling you. When, But when you're going through something like that, were you singing or were you listening to, to songs? Because a lot of people, and, and I've sang, Shimon, I've sang since I was three years old. I'm 48 now. That's hard to believe. I mean, I know I've, I've covered it up well through this. <laughs> hey, when you look like this from the neck up, you got to overcompensate, you know. But but I have, I say that because I'll catch myself. That's something my dad did. My dad would go around the house and he would sing like a little line of a song or something like it. And I find myself doing that sometimes. I'm like, well, I'll just, you know, just it's, it's habit. You, you do it. But there are times you don't really feel like singing. There, I mean, there are times I, I've gotten up to sing. I'm like, I really don't want to be here today. I do not. I've, I have played the keyboard in my church. I'm like, I would rather be anywhere else than doing what I'm doing right now. I know you love to sing. For you, though, were you still singing or were you listening to things that helped you? Because there are times you, you sit back and listen. What was that like for you in, in that time that you were going through it until you came out of it and, and got healed? It was some of both. Um, there were definitely songs that I would listen to that would encourage me, um, that would speak to my spirit. And, um, and it would be, there would be a line out of the entire song, you know, that would just resonate. And, you know, you find yourself singing that line, you may not know anything else in the entire song, but that one line resonates. And then you, that's what you use in that moment to 
encourage yourself um, to maybe push yourself. Uh, for me, singing is a place of peace. Um, it's a mm -hmm. place where I pour out my emotions in a song. Um, and so it's, it's in some ways it's therapy, you know? Um, and, and so I did a little bit of both during, during that time. Now that your boys are grown, you're in a different place now from where you were in, in the book. How different is it for you having adult kids? You mentioned your sons are off to college. I know one of your boys is, is playing college football. I think one of them is playing college football. Yes. Um, how, how is this season different for you than, than other seasons of your life? Um, watching them grow from boys to men. I thought you were going to cry there for a minute. I was going to tell you, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't you cry on me, Shimon Hudson. Don't you cry on me, girl. No, watching them grow from boys to men and seeing what you have instilled in them um, be revealed. To see them make decisions um, that can affect their lives and make good decisions, being able to have those different types of conversations with them because the conversations change, right? When they get mm -hmm. to a certain age. And I enjoy these conversations because I get to see how their mind is really thinking now that they're hitting the adult world. Um, and I get to ask different questions just to see how they respond. I will say that I took, um, I took and I still take uh, being a mom like super serious like that they're one of the best gifts God could have ever given me um I will have their back until the day God calls them home or he or if he calls me home first um yeah. I will continue to support them and pour into them everything that I have in order for them to be great upstanding um citizens um, I'm super proud of of them and, and where they are in life right now and, you know, it's, uh, that kind of leads to, like I said, my book, Winter 2021, it's called Raising Kings, and it'll be about some of the things I've learned and be able to share about raising boys. And I love what you, you know, you, you posted on, on Facebook a couple of days ago and yeah. you were talking about it. And I've always felt like in raising a son that it should and I was talking to a guy in our church, one of, one of our ministers in our church, and I said, to me, I feel a responsibility as a dad of a son to raise a good enough man that you feel absolutely confident walking your daughter down the aisle to take his hand in marriage. That whoever it is, what, you know, in, and it may not, have, may not be his daughter per se, but any man's daughter, the most precious thing that he has to him, his, his little girl, that, that I have done a good enough job as a father that when he walks her down the aisle, he has zero issues, one, and two, he's totally confident that my son is a quality addition to his family. Right. That's, that's the way I feel. As a mom, different different dynamic for you what's the most important thing in in your three boys in raising them the right way and raising them properly 
I think it's the same thing, Brian, whether it's mom or dad, um, that you uh, give them the skills to be successful. And, you know, so, and when they choose to take that next step to be a husband, that they have those skills to be successful in that, um, as well as to be, uh, you know, a successful parent, if they choose that route as well, that, you know, I, I, I remember the post because I saw your, your comment behind it and I, I loved it. Um, and the comment really just talks about, I was asking, we always talk about our young, young women and rightfully so, you know, know your worth, um, you yeah. know, make sure this gentleman, you know, has a, is at a certain place in life and those types of things. Well, why aren't we saying these same things to our boys? And are we saying these same things to our boys? We yeah. should be. We should be telling them the same thing to know their worth to, um, you know, the young lady that they choose to to be with, you know, um, you know, test her, create, challenge her creativity. Um, you know, what is she also bringing to the table? Um, it's not just all about the man taking care of the woman. It's a partnership. And I yeah. think that a lot of times, uh, it's, a lot of our young girls are taught, you know, the man is supposed to take care of you. Yes, he is. But at the end of the day, if we plan to go from this place to this place, this is a partnership. And we yeah. have to do these yeah. things together, you know, and, and we should be telling and instilling in our young men some of these same things that we're selling in, in our young women, and they should not be left out of that. Well, Shimon, here's here's the thing, and and I want to go here for just a quick minute because you you've hit on something really good. Is that we have trivialized young ladies to some to some degree because you know we joke and say, well, that's my baby mama. That's you know, and, and no, that's your helpmate. That's your soulmate. God didn't take the woman from the man's foot. She, he took him from the rib, the closest thing to the heart. I mean, my wife is not just my baby mama. She is my partner in life, my soulmate. You know, if God forbid something happens to her, good grief. I, I don't know what I would do. But I love what you said there about understanding the worth of who you're going to spend the rest of your life with mm -hmm. and understanding that, listen, you better not be acting a fool. You know, you better treat that woman respectfully. When you talk to your boys today and, and you say, hey, if you don't remember anything else I've told you, never forget this. What is the one thing that your boys that and heaven forbid, Shimon, if you should leave this earth tomorrow, we were talking about that just a minute ago. Mm -hmm. What's the one thing that you're going to tell your boys? Never forget what mom told you. It's okay to be good, but expect to be great. That's man. the mantra in our household. Man, oh man, I got to ask you one more question. You've been so yeah. good with your. I've I've enjoyed this so much. Leave the audience with your biggest piece of intentional encouragement, whether it's been a life verse or whether it's something that you're working on now or practicing now, what's your single biggest piece of intentional encouragement? Oh, that's a good question, Brian. Um, Are you surprised that I asked it? <laughs> <laughs> um, you're flabbergasted. Like, I don't know what to do here right wow, now. My, you um, just asked a good question. <laughs> um. I would say really, and, and it's going to sound so simple, but it's um, just keep going. 
And when I said a moment ago, you know, it's okay to be good, but expect to be great. While we're, while many of us are okay being good, the people who want to be great, they're working while we're sleeping. They're working while we're doing other things because their goal is to get to that place of greatness. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's where that came from. All of my boys play sports um, and, and they're student athletes. And I, I share with them, look, if you want to be great, there's some work you have to do to get there. So yeah, someone can say, Shamar, you're good, but you'd rather hear, Shamar is great. And know that while you're on that quest to being great, there will be some times of um, some bumps in the road, some times where you may feel like I'm never going to get there. But if God has created in you to be great, which he has, Mm-hmm. then the potential is there. You just can't stop reaching for it. Shimon Hudson, tell people where they can find and connect with you um, on social media because pe- when you hear this conversation, you're going to want to connect with her. Um, tell folks where they can get the book. Just take it. You do it. Do your thing. <laughs> so um, the... I'm actually working on my website. It'll be up um, by the weekend. It's Hudson, the number six, enterprise.com. And you will be able to there um, join my readers list. You will be able to pre-order the book. Um, and those pre-orders will be starting in the next couple of weeks. And the books will be in hand around mid-October timeframe. And um, you will also there be able to book a consultation if you need my vocal skills. <clears throat> so it's all there uh, on one in one place. Where you're going to want to do that. Yeah, you're definitely going to want to do that. <laughs> to find um, some of that information. So I would definitely uh, appreciate your support um, and even appreciate even more your feedback after you read the book. We'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Well, let me tell you folks something. And I'm going to end it this way. If if you saw in the video part of it, we'll have it up on YouTube, on our on our YouTube channel, the Intentional Encourager podcast. If you're seeing in my demeanor the deep love and respect that I have for this lady, it's genuine. She is one of the greatest people that I have ever met, and it's my honor to know her. And um, Shimon, I cannot thank you enough from the bottom of my heart that you would take your time to come on my podcast. You're probably stunned that I would, that, that like, he's, I can't believe it. He's intelligent enough to have a podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Never thought that. Brian, I think you're absolutely great. Oh, um, the, the feeling is mutual. Some, some good times and some great conversations. So The feeling is mutual. I, I am indebted to you deeply. Shimon, thank you for coming on the Intentional Encourager podcast. Thank you so much, Brian. I'll leave you with this. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? I would stand up, but I'll, I'll knock everything down. we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars 
through the perilous flight. All the rapids we watched were so gallantly springing. Let the rockets rain the bombs bursting in air. Yeah, through, through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star spangled banner and wave for the land of the free and the home of the Brian for having I had to me. jump in there and sing with you. I was like, <laughs> let her go, let her go. I was like, no, I was like, no, when do you get a chance to, when do you get a chance to do a duet with Beyonce? That's the thing. <laughs> You're better than Beyonce. You're better than Beyonce. That's my well, I'll opinion. Take it. I'll You're take better it. than Beyonce. We, yeah, because I was just going to sit down. I was going to go, no, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let her go. And I was like, no. When do you get a chance to sing with Shamat? He's like, all right, I'm just gonna do it. It was great. Thank you so much. Well, it was great because it was great because of you. Not, not any, not, not anything. People are gonna listen to that and they're gonna go, why in the world did you jump in there and interrupt her? She was of doing. Of course not. You were, you were, you were 100 on key and on pitch. It was great. Why well, try? I mean, <laughs> say. Shamad Hudson, thank you so much. I appreciate you so much. Thank, thank you, you for so much for having My thanks as always to producer Bryce Sexton and technical advisor Matt Means. And the ultimate thanks goes to the Lord Jesus Christ, who provides intentional encouragement every day through his word. And until next time, remember everyone, everywhere, at any time, and any place can be an intentional.